0: Tonight on NJ Spotlight News. The Israel-Hamas war enters day 18 with no end in sight. Reports now show the U.S. is raising concerns about plans for a ground invasion.
1: This would be an extraordinarily bloody ground campaign with a lot of risks that you would kill the hostages and a lot of risks to civilian
2: casualties.
0: Also harming New Jersey's youth.
2: As a parent, I am horrified by what I've read.
0: Attorney General Matt Platkin joins 41 states suing Facebook's parent company Meta, alleging the social media giant is addictive for kids. Plus expunging criminal records. A class action lawsuit was filed against the state police for sharing criminal backgrounds slated to be
1: cleared. The bottom line is the state police need to fix this. There aren't
3: workarounds.
0: And NJ decides 2023, exactly two weeks before Election Day, Mercer County rolls out new ballot machines to avoid last year's voting day chaos.
2: We also put um, extra steps in in place to test the ballot and, and test every form and every kind of ballot that we have.
0: NJ Spotlight News begins right now.
4: Funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. And by the PSEG Foundation. From NJPBS, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Vanozzi.
0: Good evening and thanks for joining us this Tuesday night. I'm Brianna Vanozzi. Pressure is mounting to delay a ground invasion in Gaza, as Israel's defense forces intensify their airstrikes in response to the October 7th assault by Hamas. Palestinian officials today described the last 24 hours as a bloody night that killed more than 700 people, including entire families in a refugee camp that was holding tens of thousands of people who have been displaced by the Israel-Hamas war. The death toll now inching closer to 6,000, according to Gaza's health ministry, with more than 15,000 injured, though that information hasn't been independently verified. In Tel Aviv, one of the two Israeli hostages released from Hamas custody spoke publicly today for the first time. The 85-year-old Yehoved Lifshitz described her capture by the militant group as having quote, gone through hell, but described friendlier conditions from her captors. Her release now makes four total hostages who have been freed, giving hope for the roughly 200 more who were kidnapped. The U.S. and other international powers are working to address the humanitarian crisis inside the Gaza Strip and prevent a regional spillover of the war. For more on the U.S. strategy in this, I'm joined by Michael Boyle, an associate professor at Rutgers-Camden, who focuses on terrorism. Michael, thanks so much for joining me. It appears anyway that a ground invasion has been imminent now for many days, but the U.S. says it's really not sure that uh, Israeli defense forces have a clear end game. What would a ground invasion look like and what type of heavy loss, specifically civilian loss, would we be talking about?
1: So ground invasion is likely very, very costly. Part of the reason why is because um, Hamas has built a series of tunnels under the city. Uh, it's often described as a kind of spider web of tunnels, but to suggest that it's sort of a small tunnel, it doesn't quite get it. It's a network of tunnels underneath the city, um, that underneath Gaza City and underneath large parts of the territory that Israel would have to go in and clear out. So if you're talking about a ground invasion, it wouldn't essentially be surface fighting. It's very likely that those tunnels themselves will be booby-trapped. They'll at the minimum be very well-defended you're very likely to see the use of things like, for example, suicide bombers or other sets of kind of improvised explosive devices that Hamas would deploy inside the tunnels. So this would be extraordinarily difficult and costly urban combat. The real difficulty here is this is fought in an environment with a lot of civilians. So if the civilians haven't fled from the northern piece of Gaza and they're in the buildings, then you run a series of risks that if you knock down buildings, for example, that you'll kill civilians that civilians themselves may be held hostage by Hamas. And you may also see attacks on Israeli hostages as a way of leverage against Israel if Israel attacks. So this would be an extraordinarily bloody ground campaign with a lot of risks that you would kill the hostages and a lot of risks of civilian casualties. And that's why Israeli's officials have said they think it might be on the order of months, if not years. Is
0: that why we see, my words, the U.S. sort of dialing back some of its rhetoric, um, obviously still standing in support and and willing and and able to supply Israel um, with all of the uh, artillery needs and so forth, um, and yet really cautioning against this ground war and really urging more humanitarian aid? I mean, already 5,000 Palestinians have died.
1: I think the U.S. is worried about this uh, in a couple of ways. First, that it would turn into a larger regional conflict, that you would see in the event of a ground invasion, that Hezbollah would begin to launch rockets into Israel, that Israel would get engaged in a ground campaign against Hezbollah, that you might draw Iran in on the fact that it backs both Hamas and Hezbollah. I think the U.S. is worried about a large, a larger regional fallout associated with this. Um, it's also worth pointing out that there are hostages being held by Hamas that are not allowed to transfer and get themselves into Egypt, including 200 Americans. Okay. So the United States has a lot of reasons to be careful to uh, uh, advising Israel essentially to say, look, if we're going to support you, you have to think very hard about what this combat is going to look like, to do it in a way that is as discriminate as possible, that puts as little risk to civilians as possible, and to mitigate the effects both on your own soldiers, on hostages, and other people who might be trapped there.
0: I think that the the question that's on everyone's minds also is just what does a post-war Israel look like? How long could this battle be waged?
1: So most Israeli officials suggest that this is, if the ground invasion happens, and and it's likely to happen, they think it's going to run several months, if not years. And part of the question is, what is Israel's ultimate war aims? And this is where you've seen the U.S. begin to ask some hard questions. Is the war aimed to destroy Hamas and annihilate the group entirely, or is it essentially to break Hamas's military infrastructure? Those are different things. The other question is, from what Israel has said, it seems to suggest that Hamas cannot be part of a governing structure in Gaza afterwards. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes, who governs Gaza? If Israel reoccupies Gaza, then in a sense it's magnified its own problems. You have a a, a large territory that you're administering with a very large population. You also have to then administer Gaza City with 700,000 people there not easy to do. Um, So the other danger is that somebody worse will come forward, right? Another group that is powerful and operating in Gaza is Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And from Israel's point of view, the last thing you want to do is eliminate Hamas and then have an even more extreme group, an even more violent group take over the territory.
0: Michael Boyle is an associate professor of political science at Rutgers Camden. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. NEW JERSEY IS TAKING ON SOCIAL MEDIA GIANT META. ATTORNEY GENERAL MATT PLATKIN TODAY ANNOUNCED A SWEEPING LAWSUIT WITH 41 OTHER STATES SUING THE PARENT COMPANY OF FACEBOOK AND INSTAGRAM, ACCUSING IT OF USING FEATURES THAT PURPOSEFULLY ADDICT YOUNG KIDS AND TEENS TO THE PLATFORMS BY DESIGNING THEIR PRODUCTS WITH FREQUENT NOTIFICATIONS AND INFINITE NEWS FEEDS THAT KEEP USERS ON THEM LONGER AND REPEATEDLY COMING BACK AND CLAIMING THE PLATFORMS ARE CONTRIBUTING TO THE YOUTH mental health crisis by fueling poor self-esteem and depression rates. The bipartisan group of 42 attorneys general demonstrates a united front in protecting children from online harm. The complaint also claims Meta routinely collects data on kids under the age of 13 without parental consent, violating consumer protections. Attorney General Matt Platkin says the states are seeking an end to what they see as Meta's harmful practices, along with penalties and restitution.
2: I think it's notable that the vice president for user growth, the person tasked with growing Meta's user base, has said that he wouldn't let his own kids use Meta's platforms. And so all we're saying is to treat our kids the same way that Meta's executives treat theirs.
0: The state office of the public defender is also taking legal action today, filing a class action civil rights lawsuit against the New Jersey state police over what it says are the police agency's extreme delays in processing tens of thousands of expunged criminal records for New Jersey residents. As senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan reports, justice advocates say the backlog means people are being prevented from applying for and getting new jobs or housing.
5: They lose out on good paying jobs at casinos, foul out when volunteering to coach kids sports and get locked out of apartments for rent after old convictions pop up on their criminal background checks. Even though New Jersey courts officially expunged those offenses and gave them a clean slate, some 46,000 people are still waiting, sometimes for years, for the New Jersey State Police to update their records.
6: The state police hold the official criminal records of New Jersey. So that means that the FBI draws down their records from the state police and all the private background um, check companies that landlords use and employers use um, are all getting their data from the New Jersey State
1: Police. I think the bottom line is the state police need to fix this. There aren't workarounds. The system is set up where uh, kind of all roads lead to the state police. And that's why this lawsuit is so important. The impact on
5: people's lives forms the heart of this class action lawsuit filed in Mercer Superior Court by New Jersey's public defender. It represents six plaintiffs who share a common grievance that the New Jersey State Police's extreme delay in processing expungement orders deprives them of their right to resultant benefits. We've disguised this plaintiff at
1: his request. It doesn't matter what I do. If I need fingerprinting, that's going to show up.
5: He's a military vet and a recovering alcoholic who now counsels addicts in Atlantic County. He wanted to coach his kids and get a job teaching, but his prior offenses show up on background checks, even though they were expunged almost two
1: years ago. The anxiety that I experience having to wait and like, are they going to know? Are they going to say something? Am I, am, am I not going to get the job? Um, you know, am I going to be judged? People apply even just for jobs at Home Depot and they get denied the job because the state police don't clear their criminal records. So that's why we're fighting this case on behalf of all of them. Everybody who got an expungement is entitled to the benefit of being able to say that they don't have any convictions.
5: The lawsuit named Superintendent Colonel Patrick Callahan and argues his agency got a $15 million appropriation to update its admittedly obsolete data systems and hire staff to process documents within a reasonable time, according to a law signed by Governor Murphy in 2019. Meredith Schalick directs the expungement law project at Rutgers. Over four years later, The
6: fact that the system and the backlog is worse than it was when they were given the $15 million is completely unacceptable.
5: The state police never sent up a flare to say, we're having a problem here?
6: They've never responded to me ever. Um, And they have um, completely ignored requests and emails and letters to try to find out what's going on. She's
5: referred reams of data to Jersey's State Comptroller for investigation. The
1: lawsuit's request looks simple on its face. What they're asking is to mandate that the state police follow the law. People are waiting years after the court has said you are entitled to this relief. Hey, state police clear it from their records.
5: The state police did not respond to our request for a comment. I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight News.
0: The Murphy administration is looking to solidify its stance on reproductive rights, today launching the state's first-ever website dedicated to information about abortion and other reproductive health care in New Jersey. As senior correspondent Joanna Gagas reports, the announcement comes as Democrats controlling state government zero in on abortion rights ahead of the November election.
7: New Jersey is and always will be a safe haven for reproductive health care. Period.
6: In a time filled with uncertainty, it is paramount to emphasize that women's rights are undeniably human rights. Governor Murphy today joined with leaders from Glen Rock and members of the state legislature to sign a bill that, effective immediately, launched the state's first website dedicated to reproductive health care.
7: NJ.gov slash reproductive health. <laughs> the fact that this moment is up and running. Yeah
6: governor calling it an information hub that'll include detailed info like which reproductive services are legal here in new jersey and which of those services are covered by insurance
7: and crucially this new hub will help connect you with health care providers throughout the state whether you need an abortion a cancer screening birth control or any other form of reproductive health care The point is, this reproductive healthcare hub will be a resource for everyone.
6: Today is a testament to the fact that we have the power to make change, that our rights, our voices, and our bodies matter. And when we talk about access, it's not just about whether something is legal or not. Access means making sure our healthcare system has enough facilities that are safe and modern and has the trained staff and resources to provide abortions as well as family planning services and other forms of reproductive care. The Murphy administration has dedicated five million dollars to train more nurses in reproductive health care and another five million to increase security services around family planning clinics.
7: Sadly, we know that abortion providers across the country have faced a sharp increase in violent threats over the past year. So this new funding allocated uh, by Lori and her team through the Office of Homeland Security and Preparedness will help protect the safety and well-being of both abortion providers as well as their patients.
6: The governor's already approved nearly $1 million in grants and forgivable loans to Planned Parenthood and Live Well to make improvements to their facilities around the state, and has increased Medicaid reimbursements for reproductive services.
2: Whether it is finding, the right health care provider, getting a prescription, or making personal decisions about our bodies. Women shouldn't have to jump through hoops or break the bank to get the health care they need.
6: New Jersey's new Lieutenant Governor Tahisha Way finding it hard to take off her Secretary of State hat, reminding those in the room that elections are coming and to get out there and
2: vote. In person, early voting starts this Saturday.
6: The governor driving that message home with a talking point will likely hear a lot from Democrats in the next two weeks.
7: Just a few days ago, Senate Minority Leader Tony Bucco said that if Republicans call the shots in Trenton, they would cut funding for reproductive care and restrict access to abortion. He wants to bring us back to the days of the Christie administration, when funding for Planned Parenthood was gutted to zero for eight straight Years.
6: A campaign message that helped Democrats hold on to the majority in the last election and a point the governor hopes will drive voters to the polls on November seventh. In Glen Rock, I'm Joanna Gagas, NJ Spotlight
4: News. Support for the medical report is provided by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association.
0: In our Spotlight on Business report tonight, combating the conflict between warehouse development and the communities where they're built. A new study released today aims to solve quality of life issues for people living in southern Middlesex County, which has become a hot spot for trucks and freight traffic, causing congestion on residential roads and safety concerns for pedestrians navigating the unprecedented volume. Ted Goldberg has the story.
3: Drive around Middlesex County long enough, and you'll spot tons of trucks lugging around cargo. While some are just passing through, many of them are driving in and out of the 1,300 or so warehouses in the county.
8: Middlesex County's prime location, so close to both New York City and Philadelphia, with access to so many major highways and byways, can be a double-edged sword, as it is convenient not only for residents, but for businesses as well. The many warehouses here in the southern portion of the county are proof of that. And while we are happy to offer a welcoming and supportive environment for businesses, we are also incredibly, incredibly proud that Middlesex County is such a wonderful place to live.
3: Warehouse growth in New Jersey has led to protests and intense shouting at meetings statewide. The North Jersey Transportation Planning Authority is trying to provide more information about helping communities adapt to more trucks and more warehouses. And today, they released the results from a year-long study focusing primarily on Middlesex County. The NJTPA took in more than a thousand comments. Their recommendations include finding ways to steer trucks away from homes.
2: One thing is abundantly clear. Truck traffic is a regional issue and it must be addressed as such. We must work together at all levels of government with and with our partners in the private sector to mitigate the impact of truck traffic on our local roads. We expect that this will make a big difference for our residents in terms of traffic, noise and
3: safety. Some of the recommendations are minor, like putting up signs to stop trucks from making left turns at certain intersections. County leaders say they'll jump on that immediately, while much larger changes could come later. On a long-term basis, we have a
1: project in, in design that will convert the traffic circle at Route 130 and County Road 539 South Main Street into a four-legged signalized intersection. The project is in preliminary engineering and is currently scheduled to go to construction in the next few years.
3: Residents have used their frustration with warehouses to run for office, like Dan Weiss and Stacy Fox in West Windsor they're happy to hear about studies like this and hope more of Mercer County can get similar treatment. I think we saw a, a great example of the, of the collaboration at all levels of government, from the municipalities to the county to the
1: state, and how effective that is in um, supporting the needs of the residents.
0: I'm hoping that all of the legislators who came out to be a part of it, that it's more than just a photo op, that they're really gonna act on it. There was a lot expressed about the concern for quality of life of residents, and I love that.
3: Fox also hopes that people follow in her footsteps and run for office if they don't like how their communities are run in regards to allowing warehouses to set up shop.
0: It's much easier to be a part of City Hall than to fight City Hall. And if you're gonna do all the work, um, then you should really consider running in local elections or at least finding candidates who represent the values of people more environmentally focused.
3: The study has more than 60 recommendations for changes to roads. If the county chooses, we could see those changes sooner than later, as leaders look for new ways to help trucks stay further away from homes. In Cranberry, I'm Ted Goldberg, NJ Spotlight News.
0: Now turning to Wall Street, here's a look at today's closing trading numbers.
4: Support for the Business Report provided by the New Jersey Tourism Industry Association. NJTIA will host their New Jersey Conference on Tourism November 30th through December 1st at Resorts, Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. NJTIA.org for event information.
0: Mercer County election officials are vowing to avoid a repeat of last year's Election Day bungle, where problems with the ballot counting process delayed some local races from being called and took workers days to count the votes in full. As senior political correspondent David Cruz reports, the county will roll out fancy new voting machines with verifiable paper trails in every voting district ahead of Election Day.
8: We weren't able to count our votes on Election Day. And that should never happen again. With the unease about our election process, it was exactly not what the Mercer County or any other county's election system needed. In 2022, after what the county clerk thought would be a cost-saving change to ballots caused an Election Day chain reaction of machine coding errors, voters were forced to use paper ballots that had to be manually counted at the Board of
6: Elections. It took two days. We got a call at like 6 in the morning, a little after 6 a.m. on Election Day last year saying that the ballots were not scanning. And I asked, you know, the Board of Elections person that called me, where was it? And they said it's everywhere because they started to get phone calls. And we were like, oh, this is not good. In the months after
8: that near fiasco, including several heated hearings of the County Commission, the Board of Elections rebooted, so to speak, the system. With new machines that include increased privacy, paper backups, and touchscreens, county officials say, will prevent a repeat of November 22. Walker Worthy is the county superintendent of elections. He walked us through the new process at the warehouse where the machines are being readied for Election Day 2023. What's the difference
2: uh, this time around? What, what's going to be different? Well, l- like the county clerk said, we, we have new voting machines and um, we put a lot of time into these machines. The voters said they wanted a, um, they wanted more privacy, which the machines give them more privacy. We have curtains that go around the machines. Before we didn't have curtains and people felt that people were watching to see how they voted. The
8: new system limits the number of people who actually touch the ballots Meaning rather than a poll worker handing you the ballot, you'll get a card that contains the information on
2: a chip. You will go to the machine, insert it, and your ballot type will come up. The poll worker who's standing at the machine will get that card and they will run it through. And your ballot will pop up. Once the ballot pops up, you'll make your choice. When you're done with your choice you'll push print the ballot will come out you will look at it say yep this is who i wanted to vote for you put it into the machine tabulator and it tabulates but
8: the new machines are just part of several steps recommended by former state attorney general peter harvey who was brought in by the attorney general's office to investigate after monmouth county reported incorrect results last year among these are more training for poll workers and creating a system whereby the attorney general's office isn't the one representing election officials when you go to court to resolve a voting issue.
3: If you go to vote on election day and you hit an issue, you have the right, have the right to go see an election day judge. Absolutely. But on the other side is going to be the county election officials who are saying for whatever reason that maybe you shouldn't, um, you you don't have the right to vote. They're represented by the, um, by the attorney general in New Jersey. This does create a conflict of interest because they also can't then... Um, explore or navigate around the county election officials that they themselves represent.
8: In Mercer, officials say they're already training poll workers, at least. Creating a fix for the potential conflict of interest is a job for lawmakers, who you will get a chance to elect, beginning with early voting that starts this weekend. The first big test for the new equipment and for voters. I'm David Cruz, NJ Spotlight News.
0: That's going to do it for us tonight, but don't forget to download the NJ Spotlight News podcast so you can listen anytime. I'm Brianna Vinozzi for the entire NJ Spotlight News team. Thanks for being with us. Have a great evening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
4: The members of the New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. And Orstead, Committed to the creation of a new long-term sustainable clean energy future for New Jersey. Have some water. So Look I'm at not. these kids. Yeah, how are you? What do you see? I see myself. I became an ESL teacher to give my students what I wanted when I came to this country. The opportunity to learn, to dream, to achieve, a chance to belong and to be an American. My name is Julia Toriani-Crompton and I'm proud to be an NJEA
0: member.